Welcome to 17 Strong. Victories don't come by accident. Here's your host, Steve Teixeira. Thanks, Andy. Welcome to another 17 Strong podcast. I'm your host, Steve Teixeira, along with my beautiful wife, Holly. Hi, babe. Hi, how are you? I'm well. So today we have with us a very special family. We have uh, the Scott family from Lompoc. And um, why don't you have the honors of introducing them? Okay. Um, well, I would like to welcome you, um, Charles and Christine, um, or Kristen, sorry. See, it's okay. Sorry about that. Um, and this is the Scott family. And I feel like you guys can relate so much to our story. Um, so here I go. Already starting. Yeah, that's not fair. That's what I'm saying. You're going to start me. <laughs> I'm just starting. I'm All just right. Starting. So you, you collect oh, yourself collect a little myself. bit. Okay. So we're going to talk about your son, Noah, who, um, Ryan and Noah have something in common now that they didn't before, but uh, we're all part of a club that nobody wants to be a part of, and that's for losing a child. Mm. And there's so many of us out there that have you know, lost a child that um, nobody should have to experience what we've gone through, but we want to you know, hear Noah's story, hear your story and what you're doing um, for Noah's legacy, mm. kind of like what we're doing with 17 Strong and, and Ryan's legacy. So we'd like to welcome you. We know this will be an emotional time, emotional, so. but it's important to tell the stories because I know both boys are playing baseball together um, and having a good time. And and Noah was at uh, UCLA right after Ryan had passed away because mm -hmm. you guys started at Cottage, I believe. That's correct. And then uh, we ended up transferred down to uh, to UCLA. Yeah. So. Well, first of all, what I think what I want to try to do is I would like to um, ask Kristen maybe just to talk a little bit about Noah, just about when he was a baby and when he was born. He was the first. He was your firstborn, too, which is so cool because it's such a highlight to have your firstborn. Like, it's the happiest day of your life. So talk about Noah and and how you're a young family and all that, all the good stuff. I want to hear it all. Sorry. <laughs> so we were married five years, um, and we um, talked about starting a family, and um, went to our women's director at our church and had her pray over us and made the decision to start our family, and then found out that um, we were pregnant. Before that meeting, there was a bun in the yeah, oven already. Yeah. God, God said, <laughs> "This is a little bit late." Yeah, about a month or so. Yeah, and um, so, yeah, like you said, it, it, the first, you know, um, he made me a mommy. Yeah. Um, it was easy. Mm -hmm. It was easy. Yeah. I think it's God's trick to yes. trick you into having more mm -hmm. because the first one was easy. Just a lot of fun. Um, he was about a year and a half when Jordan, our second, came mm -hmm. along. Um, but Noah was easy. He was Aww. fun. And, you know, he, as a dad, you hope that they love sports. You hope that they yeah. love baseball. But I never pushed it on him. But we have photos of him at 18 months hitting a ball off a tee and just freaking out when it was time to come in. Yeah. Um, you know, he was as a baby, as easy as you can be growing up. He was That's a great awesome. brother. 
um, you know, not to take away from, from what you need to say about him, but... Um, well, I think it's important to say that from the beginning, we were fighting for him to be here. Um, I had um, problems with pregnancies. I went into preterm labor oh, okay. early, halfway through. And so um, halfway through, I'm in labor with Noah. Um, and I was at church and had this terrible ache in my abdomen. And we were um, throwing paper routes at that time to make mm. money. And um, so I just thought I had pulled a muscle. And so I talked to um, my gynecologist. Mm -hmm. who, who went to our church yeah was, was at a, our church um Sunday school teacher there and she's like Kristen go to the hospital and I'm like okay we'll go and and sure enough they put me on bed rest um we were what 10 minutes apart or something dilates mm -hmm. one and so I was on bed rest from halfway through and severe bed rest um could get up um every three hours you know to empty your bladder and stuff but we yeah. fought for him from the very beginning Wow. C-section. He was, I was there when they, mm -hmm. the doctor cut Kristen open to get Noah mm -hmm. and her first words were like, oh my gosh, he was so wrapped up that she said they he, both would have died. Yeah. If this had been oh 20 he, years ago, they both would have died because he was, he was so wrapped, wrapped up, wrapped around his neck, between his legs, around yeah. his chest. Oh, so, wow. yeah. So yeah. him just getting here was, was a victory. Um, but I mean, everything he did, it came so easy to him. He didn't really need to try. Just such sweet nature. And like, yeah. one of the best young memories is our first home. We, um, decorated his nursery with good friends of ours and rocking horses and bears. And, um, it wasn't Giants baseball. Wasn't. <laughs> wasn't. Because um, ours was Dodger blue. Yeah. But we know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, but I converted it later. Oh, okay. you converted yeah. later. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, he had this angelic spot on his changing table where he would just look up and get so happy. And we just knew. It has to, he has to see his guardian angel or something. I mean, he must be seeing something so wonderful because he was just so angelic every time he's this spot. And um, but we would he was the sweetest baby. Um, we would lay in our room with the monitor on it and just listen to him coo and talk mm. in the mornings. Yeah, that's and, awesome. Um, Super sweet. Yeah, he really was. Super sweet, sweet baby. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. And all of, all of ours, even though they were early, because he did come at 36 weeks. Um, and he was little. He was just um, four pounds, nine ounces. And oh, then, yikes. Um, or five. He was like five, five seven. He was yeah. five, seven. I'm mixing up kids. Five, seven. And um, um, he had all of my milestones early. Like, yeah. Yeah, he was walking early. He was... I mean, yeah, he was full just, on running at nine months. Yep. You know, yep. and now we look back and, um, you know, you just know that God is on him for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know, we were told when he, he's such an old soul, he's such an old soul. And he really was, um, you know, he was so kind, um, so thoughtful of other people mm -hmm. that, you know, and that's really when he was going through all this and he was sick, that's just what we kept trying to tell people is if you, if you knew him, you couldn't help but love him mm -hmm. because he was just so easy to get along with. Yeah. Um, you know, amazing. and knowing that God had a plan and, you know, 
I was praying for Noah when he was about four, and Jordan was probably about two. And I would pray for their futures, pray for their wives, just pray. And, you know, it just felt like I was hitting a wall when I prayed for Noah. And I couldn't get, understand, I couldn't get it, what what God was trying to tell me. And uh, after about a month of me wrestling with this, um, God just pressed it upon my heart. I didn't hear his voice. I've never really heard God's voice like that. But God just pressed it upon my heart that you need to be prepared because he'll never grow up to be a man. And uh, so I lived with that. Um, and I, I didn't tell Chris. I didn't tell Chris until the day of his funeral that God had told me that. Um, so I look back, you know, and and I know that Noah knew that too. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when he knew it, but he knew it because he would tell us, you know, I don't want to be a dad. I don't want to have a wife. I want to be the fun uncle. I want to be uh, the um, fun uncle. Yeah, that was his deal. (laughs) You know, and I think that that was just a blessing for us because now I can go on with the rest of my life not thinking that I missed out on Noah's kids or there's a daughter-in-law that I never got to to meet because Noah said that's that's not for me. And And I think Noah, maybe he didn't know what he was saying, but I think God was pressing it on his heart that, you know that's not in your cards, and maybe he didn't know what he didn't know what why that was, but he was okay with it. And um, you know, so when we got the diagnosis, when that doctor came in, it was it was like I was in front of a firing squad because when he said, it, "Well, you have to back up," because they told us, yeah, they were ninety nine. Mom knew. I mean, Kristen knew. I just had a she a knew. Dark, I, there's just this darkness. I felt it. So we finally pushed to have a bone marrow biopsy. And the doctor... So what, what did they tell you originally? So what ha- what happened was he started sleeping a lot more yeah. and really losing a lot of energy. And now he's a teenager. And, and being pale. We, he had bought or we had gotten him a Fitbit. So we started trying to, you know, work out a little bit more. So we could see that the baby fat was coming off, but he was sleeping a lot more. Um, and I remember he made the all-star team, yeah, the baseball all-star team. And I went to watch some of his practices and not knowing what I know now, I was pretty disappointed because he just, he didn't have any pep in his step. And I actually pulled him aside. I said, Noah, if you don't want to play, then you need to tell the coaches because you're not yeah. doing yourself any favors, you know? And the coach, when he found out he had cancer, the coach said, I knew something had to be wrong because I had never coached Noah, but I had been told what kind of a kid, what kind of an athlete he is, and I wasn't seeing it. Well, he mm. he was having, he had cancer, he had leukemia. Well, he, and he needed blood. He was at a five. Oh, my. Yeah. They said, why are you even standing? Like, yeah. You shouldn't be out here running to the fence and back. You shouldn't even be standing. And that's what happened is that one day he came down the stairs and our, our middle son, Jordan, said, Noah, you look like a ghost. And that's when I told Chris, and I said, we need to get him into his doctor. And they, the doctor, uh, he's still our pediatrician for all of our kids. Great doctor. And um, he was concerned. He said, no, you're not leaving here. You shouldn't even be standing right now. So send us over to get a blood transfusion. Um, and after the tr- transfusion, they'll always felt better. Yeah. Um, but we started going down to cottage. We finally convinced them that we wanted to do a bone marrow and they kept saying it was viral. It was a viral. And, um, and it was, I'm going to forget the name. 
Yeah, so they kept saying, I'm 99% sure it's a viral mm -hmm. um, infection that's attacking him. Um, but Kristen just knew and kept pressing. And the doctor actually said, I'm not a betting man, but if I were, I would bet that he does not have cancer. Yeah. So He said that to us. <laughs> wow. That was, that was at yeah. Cottage. That was on, I think, Thursday. Because he came in on Friday. We were at the hospital. He'd had a transfusion. And as soon as the doctor walked in, Kristen broke down. She knew. He didn't even say he had cancer. The first thing the doctor said is, we can cure it. We can cure it. If he's got it, this is what we want him to have. Yeah, um, this is the best, this is the best that he could have. But Kristen knew as soon as he walked in. And I'll give it to the doctor. I'm sure that was hard walking into our room. Because Kristen had said, something's not right. And all he had done is assured us. It's going to be okay. It's not cancer. It's not cancer. Well, and, um, you know, typically with leukemia, you have a lot of bruising. You have other um, telltale signs, and he didn't. Mm. And um, it took the biopsy because it hadn't even spilled into his blood yet. So the bone marrow, it was still in his marrow. Like, it hadn't spilled out into his blood. So they caught it really early on. Really early, mm -hmm. even though, I mean, he had no energy and he looked white as a sheet, but... Um, but that, that definitely means, you know, advocate for your kids because. Yeah. Well, and um, we tell everyone that they have to be their own advocate because yeah. people yeah. know. I mean, you A know. mom's intuition. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You just know. Yeah, and, um, yeah. and he kept telling us, I don't want to do anything invasive if we don't have to. And I'm like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you want to do this if it can tell us for sure? Right. And so finally. And that was Dr. Was uh, it Epstein's bar? Epstein's bar virus is what they thought he or had. That's, that was the reaction to the Dr. Virus. Slomiani was his main oncologist, and he called him Dr. Slow. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dr. Slow. That's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Leave it to our kids. They always, yeah. Ryan had nicknames for uh, his nurses, for doctors, right, everybody. So that's. Right. And whenever, you know, whenever Slow would walk in, he would say, Dr. Slow. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and even the nurses would say, you know, he, Dr. Slomiani is not like this. this He's a different person when he walks into Noah's room. Wow. And they just had a great relationship. He mm -hmm. came to the viewing. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, he just um, – and he was the one that finally convinced us that it was time for comfort care. We, we did the family meeting, you know, and uh, we didn't want to hear it. And he's the one that said – we have to make him comfortable, and, and and that was the hard part. That's when I hated that meeting. It really, it, it's I can't really, even talk about that meeting. That yeah, I hated the worst. You know, to hear all of these. I don't think that was the worst. Doctors well, telling yeah, it, us. You're exactly right. It wasn't the worst. I know. Well, but it was. It was bad. Noah coded, and we had. He was getting better. We took off the. The DNR. DNR. And they and they ended up he coded and he So they brought him back. Kristen was there. I uh was by myself. So Jordan and Zachary, which our family consists of our three boys, our natural boys, Noah being the oldest, Jordan and Zachary. And then we adopted, we've now adopted three little ones. But at that time we had. Which are beautiful. Uh, by yeah. yeah and so a handful, yeah. you know. Um, but we had Sophia, who's now six. And Asher at the time was just a couple months old. Right. And I had them. And the boys both made the all-star teams. But it was during all-star season that Noah was really going through this. 
So we try to keep their life as normal as possible. So the day Noah died, that morning I actually left with all the kids and brought Noah, or we brought Jordan and Zachary up for baseball practice. Wow. Um, so Kristen was because home. getting a little better. Yeah, yeah. So um, we finished baseball practice and Kristen calls and I was just getting ready to pick up the phone because Asher was just being a four-month-old terror. I was just like, mm-hmm. man, this is too much. And as I picked up the phone, I was like, man, your ears must have been burning because I was just literally picking up the phone to call you. And all she could say is, he's coded. You need to get here. You need to get here. And I could hear behind her, you know, tons of buzzards and beepers and stuff going off. And are you at off. UCLA at this point or Cottage? UCLA. UCLA. spent his last month at UCLA. Yeah. So. I guess um, we kind of skipped this. Yeah. Progression. Yeah. No, that's okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, back up real quick. He was at, at Cottage. Uh, they thought he had a sunburn, but it was an infection probably to the chemo. So they sent him down, thinking it was a sunburn, down to UCLA well, it for the like burn a third unit. Degree burn. Yeah, for the burn it unit. Was Where was it located on his body? Everywhere. Yeah, his oh, feet. So his, okay. Yeah. And so then they thought, well, maybe it's a reaction from the chemo. So they sent us down to UCLA. While we were down, literally the day that he was getting sent back up to Santa Barbara at Cottage Hospital, Kristen noticed a small lesion on his finger and asked one of the nurses, hey, what is this? And then it started to, to rapidly uh, you know, spread, and it, it was a fungal infection that um, I know I was so disappointed. Um, you know, because he was coming home, but going back to Cottage where he was familiar with the nurses. And that's what he would always tell Chris. I just want to go home. I want to go back to Cottage. That was Ryan, too. Yeah. I just wanted to go home. Yeah. So she sees this lesion on his finger, and then they call the specialist in. And, and so he had to stay at UCLA while we were trying to figure out what this was. And it turned out to be a, a viral infection. They actually had to send samples of it up to oh, Oregon because of the fungal infection because they couldn't replicate it and they didn't know what it was. So they had to actually send it up to uh, Oregon University. And when they when it came back, the doctor said, there is no medical reason why Noah is still alive. That this fungal infection um, was so rare and so contagious aggressive. that and aggressive that if somebody was to walk into the ER and present it on their arm or on their hand, they would immediately rush that person into the surgery and amputate the arm because that's how fast and how aggressive days, it is. He, would pass. They, he said that the, the doctor said that within 48 hours of somebody getting that in Noah's condition with the, the immune system being as suppressed as it was, that, that people die within hours. And Noah lived with that for two weeks. Almost wow. three. Almost three. And the doctors, they actually did a, a case study because they couldn't figure out what it was that Noah, how he was able to survive because it was in his brain, it was in his lungs. They call it farkles where they, it spatters. Yeah. But that's another example of definitely advocating for your children because so when he went there, they thought he had pneumonia too. And they kept watching it, kept watching it. And it come to a point, I said, because I would do round like they would do rounds, and I was part of the rounds every day. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I asked them, at what point is it not okay for that to be there? It's not changing. What point 
are we going to say, we need to check on it better? And so from that day, then they did um, a biopsy into his lungs and found out it was the fungus. Yeah. Um, well, it took forever to find out it was fungus, but they found out it wasn't um, pneumonia. And if I hadn't pushed them, he they would have never known. Yeah, and, and Kristen was really a strong advocate for Noah when he was in the hospital. There was times where... Well, he was too, where, too gracious, and he wouldn't for himself. Well, not just that, but just watching what the nurses were doing. There were times when Kristen would catch, and not mistakes, but maybe different dosages and, and stuff where he she would say, well, that's not right. That's not what the doctor ordered. The doctor was just in here. And they would say, well, I don't think so, but I'll go check. And sure enough, they would come back and be like, no, you were right. So mm -hmm. she really... She really was a very strong advocate yeah. for Noah. And I mean, she was with him. For yeah, sure. absolutely. Well, yeah. And I think parents feel like vulnerable and and insufficient in that because they're the experts. They're the doctors. No, nobody knows your child better than you. That's right. Mm -hmm. and, That's right. Um, Yeah, so that going back to the day that Noah passed. So, I mean, because even that, as sad as it is, it's it's pretty remarkable, oh. you know, just how God had had our family in that time. So, um, you get the call. I get the call at uh, six o'clock. It was six o five because I just picked the boys up from practice. We were going to dinner. Uh, I was in Lompoc. Kristen is in uh, UCLA, which is for us those that don't know. You have to travel down one to get on the 101 and then on the 405. Right. And it's Friday night at 6 o'clock. Oh, so you're a good three hours. That's what you would think. At I least. So I turn around, start heading down, and I finally I get a hold of one of the doctors. And the doctor says, I don't see him coming back from this. We brought him back now, but you need to get here. So the two older boys, they knew what was going on. And... The whole ride down, I had never heard Jordan and Zach worshiping that open and that honest. They were really crying out to God for their brother. And uh, there was no words. There was no anger. They were just singing. But I've never heard it come from them like that. Um, they knew what their brother was facing. and um, They knew it was critical. Yeah, and they knew... They knew the answer. You know, they knew that whatever was happening, they needed to cry out to God. And as a dad, um, you know, I'll never forget that. That, you know, they weren't mad at God. They weren't mad at the doctors. It was honest yeah. and real worship. So it's 6 o'clock on a Friday night, and I have to get on the 405. On a good day, it's three hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on a good day. Yeah. I walked in that hospital room at 8 o'clock. We made it from Lompoc. Were you code three? I, I mean, was yeah. not. I was not. And those that don't know, I am a police officer. And and I, I did not. God really opened traffic. Yeah. I mean, if you go from and Santa Barbara, there's three lanes. Yeah. And then it goes down to yeah, two the right babies. there before Summerlin. Yeah. Usually that's always a traffic jam. Yeah, especially it, on Friday. On Friday. And the doctor's like, how are you here already? Yeah. And I'm like, I honestly don't know. I mean, I wasn't passing. I wasn't, you know, doing crazy stuff. Yeah. I had all the kids. So we walk in and they're bagging Noah. And I look at Kristen 
And at one point, I, I finally, and I already knew, I, I asked the nurse, you guys are keeping him alive with that bag. And he shook his head yes. And I just looked at Kristen, and uh, she shook her head yes. And I knew what that meant. And I just told the doctor, I said, or the nurse, I said, you can stop. He's, he's not here. He's home. You can stop. So they made sure that that's really what we wanted to do. Um, they asked us if they want us to pull all the tubes out. And we, we said, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I put my head on Noah's chest and I felt that he, he stopped breathing. And I was the one that told the doctor, I, I said, he's gone. You have to back up a little bit. Because he told me, you have to tell him it's okay. Yeah. And that goes back to the doctors not understanding why he, had why he was still fighting. And his fungus for almost three weeks. For three weeks. And the doctor, every time, every day, the doctor would say, you don't get it. He should have been gone weeks ago. I don't understand why he's still alive. The doctor would tell us that. The, the, the chart, I mean, the head doctor. And do I you, finally go ahead. Do you feel like he wanted... Do you feel like um, he needed Kristen to say that it was okay? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how Noah was. He's a self-proclaimed mommy's boy. Yeah. It would actually... I mean, he would tell us, I'm never moving out. I'll live with you guys forever. <laughs> and, I, and she was like, oh, that's great. And I was like, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I would tell the other boys, you better like where he picks to go to college because we're all moving. Yeah. Like, so... So... So he... About Tuesday or Wednesday, I, I told Kristen, because Kristen wouldn't even let you talk about dying in his room. I, I, she wouldn't even want people crying over Noah in his room, because to her, it wasn't the end. Right. And uh, oh, about a week before, she asked Noah, are you still in there? Are you still are fighting? You... And he squeezed her hand, and mm -hmm. she knew that he was still there. Um, I don't think he was hurting, but he wasn't going until... Kristen said that she was okay with it, or as okay as she could be. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to make that sound That's, trite, but it's not like no. we don't take that lightly. No, so I told Kristen, I said, "You realize he's waiting. he's waiting for you to tell him that he can go home." And that was on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and I don't know when she told him, but Friday he went home, and he coded, and I'm so. I feel so guilty that Kristen had to experience that by herself because um, I've done CPR on people. I've broken ribs on people. CPR is very violent yeah. and it's, it's very it's ugly. As a paramedic, I know yeah, exactly it, what you're talking about. You know, about. there's, there's, there's no dignity in, in giving CPR. I mean, you're as someone given CPR, you're doing everything you can to bring someone's life back. You don't care about broken right. ribs. You don't care about, you know, discharges, you're just trying to save the person. And that was one thing that Ryan, um, we had had several conversations with him in and out of his, you know, comatose like state, if you will. And he didn't, he didn't want the tubes. He didn't yeah. want anything. And, you know, Ryan had visions and plans for his future. I mean, yeah. he had a girlfriend, he had it. This wasn't in his cars, <laughs> but I'll never forget when they took him in for a procedure, we had asked the doctors, please don't intubate him because we were all afraid. Even his main doctor was afraid that if he got intubated, he'd never come off the ventilator. Yeah. 
That's what and so so yeah. we begged them, please try and do this procedure with just, you know, a local. Yeah. So that he and and I'll never forget, and I can still see it to this day, and I can hear him when he looks at us with these longing eyes, and and he said, "I think I'm going to die." Hmm. And, I mean, we yelled at him. No, you have to fight. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, and they know. Oh yeah. They, you know, yeah. and, and I think it's the same for anybody, not just your, your kids, but anybody experiencing this, you know. Yeah, and I think, and this is where we find the peace, is that <laughs> I don't see how people can do this without Christ. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm only able to keep going because I know I'll see my son again. Amen. You know, if you don't have Christ in your life, how do you look at a hole in the ground and realize your son's going in there? If there's not hope in the resurrection, if there's not hope that that through Christ's sacrifice on the cross, I become whole, and soon I'll see him again. Mm-hmm. I don't see how people survive this without faith. We, it just, we don't either. It's so hard having the rock of my salvation that I couldn't imagine without oh that assurance. You know, that it's tough, yeah. you know. Charles yeah. teases me, do you think, do you think God will... Um, not be upset. When I said, do you think Jesus is going to be jealous when you run past him and tackle Noah? <laughs> like, I don't think so. I think, I think he'll understand. Think he'll yeah. Understand. Yeah. So I think he's going to have his hands full with a lot of other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, um, so Kristen tells Noah a lot of that he can go, um, that day. Oh, that day. See, that's, that's new. I knew it had happened. I just didn't know when she told Noah that he could was, go home. Um, because you know, there's like, he was, he was getting better, but they kind of get a little better sometimes. Yeah. Ryan did too. Got a little better. Yeah. And, and so that's why we took the DNR off. Yeah. Uh, I'm. It, that was, I know I, that was hard for her, but you know, I'm, I'm grateful that. But I was there the whole time. They didn't, they asked me, do you want to leave? No. I said, I have been here for everything. So I sat right next to him, held his hand, told him. Talked to him the whole time. Kept myself collected. I talked to him the whole time. And one of his nurses, bless her heart, I think she's actually a PA, um, she remembered how much we love the ocean. And there is a sound box in that room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she came. Because you're an ICU. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she played the waves for him. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the ventilator wasn't keeping him. <sighs> his lungs enough Mm -hmm. and so they were taking turns bagging and waiting for me because they knew i was headed down there so um that's one thing is the doctors were amazing yeah yeah the nurses were amazing yeah yeah i mean the the care at ucla and and i'm sure cottage is the same is just i mean as a paramedic as a police officer we see it we understand we get it mm -hmm. but what these people are dealing with day in and day out you know, yeah. we have PTSD from losing a child. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine what they're experiencing every day? Yeah. Because who knows how many young adults and children die on their watch. Oh, yeah. And I mean. Yeah, they just have to wear it. Yeah, there's yeah. only hard. one that I would say that wasn't too fond off, off of it. So I think they are careful there to not let them work too many days in a row. Right. Yes. For a reason. And this was her third day, and she just, some, his arm 
just wasn't moving the way it should and he was just a little bit and yeah she just didn't quite listen to me yeah. that was my only and you were gripe. there for a month yeah so yeah. you get to see and know well and, and the ones at cottage yeah the ones at cottage i mean they loved our family i mean um they would decorate for him every time we went like there's a video if you see on his facebook of um one of them it was christmas it was close on my to, birthday yeah and um they put cotton balls on the floor to, for snow and put, I mean, they would decorate up his room. Before he even got there, when they found out he was coming, they would, and they would decorate a giant stuff, even though one of them, a couple of them were Dodger fans, Christina they would, from, they would yeah. decorate it for giants and stuff. So, yeah, the nurses at Cottage, they're still like family to us. We still communicate with them, and they're oh, just, wow. they're great. that's amazing. Yeah, they're yeah, really that's great. Amazing. They've gone on some of our Team Noah trips, the Disneyland yeah. that trips. That is so. really cool. Yeah. That yeah. is really cool. That's interesting that you bring that up, because um, when Ryan had his first cancer, the Ewing sarcoma, and we went to Santa Monica, we weren't able to keep in touch with the, the nurses, mm. which is very strange, and I thought, oh my gosh, like, that's crazy. Well, when he was diagnosed with the leukemia, I had the complete mindset where I'm not here to make friends, mm -hmm. you know, and then all yep. of a sudden they really wanted to, you know, um, you know, we we're there, we we're yeah. in lockdown and yeah. isolation and all that. So it was, um, they wanted to be a part and to, to talk and to, you know, exchange phone numbers. And, and I thought, wow, isn't that so weird that, yeah, you know, certain ones like it and certain ones don't want anything to do with it. First, I thought it was a policy, but apparently I think it is a policy, but they break that or something. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, probably something that they shouldn't. But um, anyway. So we had the pleasure of meeting you at your first golf tournament shortly after Noah had passed away. That's correct. You did a fundraiser, and I think your organization is what, Team Noah? Yeah. So yeah. tell us a little bit about Team Noah. Yeah, the, it's the Noah Scott Foundation. So um, – Wanting, knowing about you guys, knowing about uh, Lace, uh, Lexi Brown, um, our goal was not to reinvent the wheel. It was just to come alongside established organizations and kind of partner with them. That was our, our goal. Um, but you quickly learn that you can't collect people's money without having a tax ID number, yeah. right. you know. And there is a difference, too, when they supported Noah and our family. And I'm like, well, give me the money because I want to give it to... The Lexi Brown project. So people were donating. Same with you guys. They're donating because they know your family. They know your story. So and they know what you're representing. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. Identify with. So kind of reluctantly, we started the Noah Scott Foundation. I, I shouldn't say reluctantly. It was it was the heart of why we wanted to start it. Never changed. It was the fact that I didn't want to try to reinvent the wheel. Sure. I, there was you know a lot of groups doing a lot of really good things that um, we supported. Um, so the first golf tournament friends of ours did for us to pay for some of the medical expenses. Uh, Noah passed in June and that, uh, was in August was that golf tournament. Um, so we've since created the Noah Scott foundation and our goal is to serve, uh, families who are dealing with childhood illnesses. Um, we've done. We, we pay for gas cards and cafeteria cards for families that have nice. to stay in the hospital for long periods of time. Um, we've paid for funerals. We've paid for rent for people. Um, and then our, a second part of it is Noah loved being a foster brother. 
So we, part of our foundation also supports kids in foster care. Um, we've done stuff where um, every year, except for 2020 because of COVID, for the last two years, we've taken a group of foster kids to Disneyland who have never been before. How awesome oh, is that? Great. And to see these kids, I mean, um, foster kids, when they leave from one house to another, sometimes they're told to put their stuff in trash bags. Um, they feel like throwaways. They're so broken. Um, one little boy told us, well, I've been to the flower festival and that was a lot of fun. I can't imagine that Disneyland is any better than that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, they really have no, no concept. So our foundation's able to, to put, um, about 20 foster kids. They get to invite a chaperone and we put them up in a hotel for the night. We decorate their rooms before they get there. Mm -hmm. So they open the door and it's all done up in Mickey Mouse stuff uh, and, and, goodie bags. and goodies bags. And we get them their ears with their names on them already embroidered on their names. Oh. Um, and we really just try to invest in, in these kids. They get know. to be a normal kid for a day. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, everybody's a kid at Disneyland. You're not a foster kid. Yeah. Even the adults are kids Absolutely. at Disneyland. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and what do you do this? Once a year? Yeah. Like a year. Usually we try to do it around Christmas time because they change the park and they decorate it like Christmas. Oh, so there's a little bit of there's the snows street. and there's a little bit more extra magic. So we try to do it around Christmas that's time. Great. Yeah, we make sure that the park has been um, transformed into the Disney uh, Christmas well, magic. Well, it is definitely awesome. transformed right now because yes. there's nobody there. Yeah, yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's so, different. you know, it's yeah. just um, we've gone through the adoption process and you know, we really, scripture tells us to take care of the orphans and the widows. Yeah. And these kids come so broken mm -hmm. by no fault of their own. Yep. And I've seen what love and structure and safety will do to a broken kid. Yeah. It but brings and what life. It will do, love is the greatest oh. gift there is. Absolutely. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a kid or an adult. That's if, you just love. Yeah. We're called to love. Yeah. I mean, and that's what Ryan wanted to do with 17 Strong. And I know yeah. that Noah is so proud of what you guys have yes. done for him because they were both they were both kindred spirits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, mean, we've talked about that. You know, yeah. they knew how to love. You yeah. know, and, and we've said it before that Ryan touched more people in 20 years of life than most people will do in 80. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah. Noah is the same 14, way. Right? Noah was 14 when he yeah. got sick. He was 15 when he passed. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, um, we joke about that all the time. We say, you know, um, yeah, we, we hope that we get, you know, that God credits us some of what <laughs> Noah's stuff has been since yeah. we were his parents. Hopefully that web kind of yeah. <laughs> stretches out. I can't imagine our legacy is going to be his. No, right. no. And that's what we, we tell people is that, you know, we're just trying to, live up to our son's legacy oh my gosh that, i've said that before yeah. i've said yeah. that before people yeah. are like oh i want to meet the parents because you know and you're like i, I don't feel like he taught yeah. me yeah right. he's taught me things yeah. Yeah. yeah i'm learning yeah. and um just you know even though they are our children which it should be the opposite yeah. it it i felt like i learned so much from him yeah. so much and and i know that his he was so positive when it was during his diagnosis that I was 
having such a hard time with it that being around him is the only thing that made me comfort, just gave me any type of comfort is just to be in his presence, to know that he's going to be okay. He says it himself. He's going to be okay. So it's, you know, it made yeah. me think, okay, that's what it's going to be. This is how he's going to fight this, you know? Um, because in my mind, it would go crazy things. It would oh, yeah. do, yeah. you know, and you, it's just a powerful thing and you have to yeah. choose not to go there. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and it just has, just his positivity. And he was the same way just with uh, that really was cute when he would call him Dr. Slow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's so, that? Dr. Slow. Dr. Slow. So I can tell you there was just some things that uh, I just can remember one doctor just off the top of my head who he just wanted to get under her skin. He uh -huh. just wanted to get under her skin uh -huh. and that's all. So he would do anything he could to just, you know, just to rub her the wrong way and get a rise well, out of her. The very first day he started treatment, um, someone came in to start the chemo. And he was like, uh, came in and like, well, how are you doing? What brings you here today? And, and Noah, without batting eyes, says, well, cancer. <laughs> and she was like so stunned. She didn't know what to do. And then when Noah realized that he had got her, Noah started laughing and uh, kind of made it feel okay. Yeah, but, right? Yeah, and yeah. that was just the way he was. Yeah, You know, exactly. he was really... Um, you know, he took the time to invest in people. Absolutely. And yeah. took the time to make them feel like they were the only one in the world. Oh, right. How yeah. about yeah. The, 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 tell them the uh, kindergarten story. So, Noah, we were homeschooled, but we went to a charter. Okay. And K through 12 was oh, at the charter. Okay. So, Noah was Sixth grade. seventh grade, mm -hmm. eighth grade. And every day at lunchtime, he would stand outside the kindergartner's room and high five the hand, the kindergartners oh, when that? they would go to lunch, and he said that he wanted them to know that they he had at least they had at least one older kid that would always one watch big out for kid him. That was their friend. That was that's yeah. So and we, cute. we never asked him to do that. It was never. Mm -hmm. um, it was just, that was Noah. Yeah. You know, and to, yeah. to Noah, yeah, he would look at you like, "What do you mean that's special? That's yeah. You know, that's what." That's who I am. That's yeah, what I do. Exactly. You know, so and Ryan was the same way. We found we've keep hearing stories all the time oh. about, you know, people we don't even know. You know, my daughter was bullied and your son intervened and stopped it. Mm. And because of your son, you know, she's still with us today. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Stuff like that. Stuff yeah. that just tugs on your heartstrings that you didn't even know about. Yeah. I didn't you know, know because that's just the way these kids look. And they just yeah, they and, just go and, about their life. And they yeah. knew that, hey, if you're bullied that's wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're all supposed to be treated equally. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? I, I think, I think what is so ex exceptional about all of them is basically they're just simply obedient. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're not always obedient, but yeah. Well, not, not <laughs> yeah. taking out the trash. Yeah. yeah. Of course not. Less obedient but, to us and more yeah. to God. But yeah. yeah, for what God, yeah, calls us to love one That's another. That's right. And I just feel like the whole, the whole process put everything in perspective. Mm -hmm. Just my life, my purpose, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. my um, my faith. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I was mad at God for a long time. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you know, we don't have the answers. We never will have the answers, mm -hmm. and we've we've lived it. We get it. We're allowed to be angry. Yeah. I mean, we lost a child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean. It's it's wrong in every account. Yeah. And and I don't care if it's a miscarriage, you lost a child. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just not the way we're wired. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, we're wired to 
grow old to be 80, 90 years old and outlive our children. And then, mm. you know, it's a succession thing that, mm. that we plan for. You don't plan on mm. burying your child at, you know, 14, 15, 16. No. You they're know, not supposed to go first, it, so. it, it, they're not supposed to go first. But it, like you said, he, he knew he would mess with me because he has that dry humor his dad has. That's great. That's it's so great. funny. Um, and he would say, you know, mom, I'm dying. And I'm like, stop. At first it would make me upset. And I'm like, stop that. I don't even want to hear that. And then it became a joke. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all dying. He's like, yeah, but I'm dying faster. And then we look back at things he has said to us. And I'm like, he was trying to tell me. And, and that he was okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, there is peace. I, I remember, you know, scripture coming alive that, you know, that scripture that his mercies are new every morning. Mm -hmm. And I've read that so many times, but right after Noah died, that became our anchor mm -hmm. because it was like, I can't see next week. I can't see next month. No. If you expect us to function, you need to show up today. Absolutely. You have to show up today. Yeah. And um, as hard as it was, I never got closer to God than I did during this time. Mm -hmm. And I, I think of the story of Lazarus. You know, Jesus knew that Lazarus had died, and Jesus knew what he was going to do with Lazarus's life. Mm -hmm. But Jesus wept. Yeah. And he didn't weep because of Lazarus. He weeped at what death had stolen. Mm -hmm. That's what upset him, was that he... He was so in tune to people's emotions. He felt that pain. He felt Martha and Mary's pain of losing their their brother, and and but God knew, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring him back, Mary, but it still broke Jesus to tears. He didn't cry when he was on the cross, but living through the pain of death brought him to tears. So that gives me comfort that Jesus has cried with me. And he says, you're right, it's not right. And death is the enemy. But I win. Oh, yeah. And you're going to win, too. Yep. And, and he says, you can be mad. You can question. But don't lose your faith in me. Absolutely. You're not going to get answers. No, and there may not well, be answers that you can understand. Right. But I love you enough to cry with you. Yep. And you, you said it. I started doing it when you said it, is that... Um, you know, I tell Jesus, give him a hug for me. Mm -hmm. Let him know how much I love him. Let him know how proud I was of him. Um, you still are. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. still are. Absolutely. You know, because there, I mean, for those of people that are listening, there might, there might be believers. I mean, not be non-believers, but it doesn't yeah. matter because you're loved no matter what. Mm -hmm. And you know, that, that's our position, our, in our, in our hope is in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And, um, it, it's about loving one another and they're already where we want to be, mm -hmm. oh, you, you know? And I know that when they got that glimpse of glory and of their victory, they're like, wait a minute, I could have this versus that. Oh, I, we have a and story. mom and dad are going to be okay. And. My brother's going to be okay and sisters are, they're like, I'll take this, yeah. you know? Yeah, we, uh, so Noah died at 830 and 
me, Kristen, and Zachary were in the room. Jordan, he just he couldn't do it, knowing that Noah that we were gonna let Noah go. Um, and I'll never forget Noah always had a fake smile that we mm. could that she and I could see through, and there was a genuine genuine smile that we knew Noah was really smiling. And he he they called him at eight thirty, and at eight forty, Kristen said, "Look, look at him," and he had a genuine smile on his face mm. and it lasted for about 10 seconds and it slowly just faded away and that was such a blessing to me because whatever he was experiencing at that time on the other side, on the other side was so powerful and so perfect that this dead shell couldn't even contain it yep you know and he was telling us i'm going to be okay mm -hmm. um so i hold on to those moments when it's the, Did Jordan the, end up going or not? No, he, he didn't. Couldn't he around. couldn't. He just and couldn't bring okay. himself. So, yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I just was, it just brought up a memory of ours that it was really hard for Aaron. And that was probably the one hard thing for me to hear. He had such a hard time. Yeah. Just during that whole process, which I didn't think that he would. Yeah. Not that he didn't love him or anything, yeah. nothing like that, but it was just out of character for Aaron. Mm. So it was really, I mean, you don't think about it. Everybody has to do this as they are, you know, as an individual. Yeah. And it's different for everybody. And I know that mm. Aaron needed that yeah. relief, if you will. Yeah. But, um, and just like Jordan needed to not be in the room. And that's okay. Yeah. And then Zachary absolutely had to. He says, I absolutely have to be there. Yeah. And Jordan's like, I can't, Mom. Mm -hmm. And either yeah. way is fine. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we've learned, too, is that um, people mourn the way they need to mourn. Um, Everybody mourns. Yeah. Everybody deals with tragedy yeah. different, grief different. And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It would be easier, though, if it was the same. Yeah. It certainly yeah. would. At least, yeah. at least in our house. Well, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> and, and you know, when you think of 17 Strong and what you guys are trying to do and what the Noah Scott Foundation, it's just love on people. Yeah. You know, that's it. That's that's Absolutely. all. None of this is for the glory, the TV reports. No. None. No. Of, we don't want know? any of it. No. We, we, we yeah. want to love on people. Yeah. That are, and, and we yeah, focused. We right. Yeah. And, and we focus on those people that are going through the exact same things yeah. that um, Noah and Ryan went through. Yeah. You know, and it's so. um it's needed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and that's one thing Make-A-Wish has been great about is, you know, helping these kids and these families yeah. in a time of need. Yeah. You know, and that's what we want to do for the young adults, for yeah. the for the older and the forgotten age group. Yeah. That's right. you know? And I think it's great. I mean, we, we are such supporters of 17 Strong and what you guys are doing. Um, I think it's amazing that um, you've identified a group that are overlooked. Yep. Um, Ryan identified yeah. the overlooked group. Yeah, he did it. I yeah. Mean, we can't take credit for any of this. And that's so. what's so special, I feel like. Yeah. You know, and that's why I feel like it's it's our purpose. That's what we're that's what we're here for now. Yeah. But um So we need to start wrapping up because I just looked at the last clock and we, we could we could <laughs> go on for a while. I know, I know and I felt like we didn't tell a lot of the story because there's so much more to it. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know, right? And because we you guys still have do. You, back you guys another... still you do a um a scholarship as well. Yeah, high yeah. We, yeah high we, we give um four thousand uh, dollars a year to four 
um, recipients, a thousand dollars each. Awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, this last year was the hardest because Noah would have graduated high school. So picking uh, recipients, yeah, and and thinking that he should have been applying for some of them. Yeah. Although I have to say, in his quirky, fun um, way, yeah, Um, he would have thought COVID was hilarious. He's like, if I can save the world laying in my bed and watching Netflix, I'm good. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't care about a senior right. year. I've <laughs> often wondered what Ryan would have said about this. Like, yeah. I'm sure some, yeah, it's something to make it fun of it. Oh, in yeah. some way. Because, you know, he would have thought, yeah, oh, something. Oh, it was right up Noah's alley. Oh, everybody, yeah, these kids missing out. And he's like. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's what's so huge about, you know, what we've learned about Ryan and Noah is that. Perspective their perspective and yep. just their their wisdom beyond oh yeah, age, beyond you know? Absolutely. And, and you really as a parent you find comfort in that mm-hmm. because you realize they got it this this was started before the world even started spinning yeah. god had a plan for these two that's right and oh, he yeah. he is going to do an amazing thing through their lives mm-hmm. and, and, and he really still. has yeah, yeah. I, mean, you look know, at, he's I don't i don't doubt that you know Jesus is calling him off the baseball field and said, hey, I have another crown for your, you know, another jewel in your crown because your legacy is still going. And they're just like, play ball. Yeah. We just want to play, <laughs> you know, yeah. and Absolutely. God and God is still saying, I'm so proud of you. You did it. You know, and look, people are still being affected Absolutely. by your obedience to me. And they're still being rewarded in heaven. I believe it. I do too. I believe, I believe it. That. That's I believe awesome. that. Well, if somebody wants to get involved or donate with the uh, Noah Scott Foundation, how do they do that? So probably the best and easiest way is on the Facebook page, mm-hmm. the Team Noah Forever Facebook page. Okay. Um, that's got all of our contact information. Okay. Um, so that would be probably the easiest way to, to get a hold of us. And then we'll make sure that we put a link um, yeah. in our video for that okay. as well. That's good. So, and I can't say... A little selfishly that I don't mind when one more person remembers my Noah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why we That's... wanted to bring you here. Yeah. Because how cool that we get to talk about our kids. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and... it is so, it's, it's important. We need to keep him alive and that legacy alive. And it means so much to me that you guys were here. Oh. And I know it's hard. Yeah. Hard for me. But thank you. It's so worth it. I, so I worth it. You it know, we so cry worth. when we talk about Noah, but it's not the same tears that it was when he died. Right. Those were painful tears. These are celebration mm-hmm. tears, you know, and for your listeners and subscribers, they don't realize we've we've done dinner and set and talked about our kids for hours yep. mm-hmm. and we never get That's tired why of it. That's this podcast can <laughs> yeah. go on for hours. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, because I can think yeah. of so many Thank things you. that we didn't say. Yeah. 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 And, you know, we value your guys' friendship, and you know, um, you. we've really, it's been because of a horrible circumstances. Oh, yeah. But, you know, we really credit you guys with taking Ryan's story and just living it to the fullest and including us in that, you know, um, we value you guys. Well, thank you. And we want to thank you for your service and your brothers um, in law enforcement. I know the times are tough right now. And and to all the first responders, thank you very much. Uh, Um, Appreciate it. And their families that stand behind them. Exactly. Exactly. Because it's a lot. It is. It is. It's a lot. We understand that. So with that, we are going to wrap up another 17 strong podcast. And 
For more information, um, you can see the link below for the Noah Scott Foundation. And uh, if you'd like to donate to 17 Strong, that's 17strong.org. And uh, thanks to Nate yes. for putting all this together for us. And remember, attitude is everything. You've been listening to 17 Strong. Victories don't come by accident. To be part of the show, make a donation, or request more information, go to 17strong.org. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-E-E-N strong.org.